Greetings and welcome to episode 231 of the Words About Games podcast, a weekly video game podcast for Words About Games. I am your host, Amy K. Alexander, and I'm joined this week by Mr. Daffod Moody, who's been doing his very best to make me crack up so long. The recording's been running for like six minutes. How we doing, everybody? Have we had a good week so far? With me? Everyone in general? You, the world? Everybody? Not really, no. I mean, between an anxiety over an election in a country I don't live in. Um, don't worry, the Blues got that. And the and the lockdown nonsense that's been going on all this week in, in the country I do live in. Um, video games have been a solid respite for me. I can be sure. I understand that. And yeah. luckily... And luckily, there's no one did anything monumentally ridiculous this week. Yeah, not for this podcast. In the industry in general, yes. I in the industry in general, oh god, yes. Yes. Keith always used to make one people... for us, ladies and gentlemen. Yeah, Keith... Last week there was a few rants from us. There this was... week it's just about capitalism. And how much? Yeah, I hate capitalism a lot. But now that I've secured our dislikes for the week. <laughs> You did, I did. Um, you know, if we're not going to rant, we've got to at least, you know, attack something the the right wing gamers like. And I guess this week it was capitalism, and yeah. we did it right off the bat. So you can guys can go now. Yeah. <laughs> Some people took I exception last right. week to us uh, to our th- to our thoughts on cyberpunk. <laughs> Uh, so that was fun, but um, yeah, we're record. I want to mention that we're recording this podcast on um, on Bonfire Night, which for people who don't know what that is in the UK, one day of every year, we get together to collectively explode all of the fireworks for no real reason, and unlike in America where they're sensible and they do this in the middle of summer, we do it in November. <laughs> Remember, remember, the 5th of November. So if you hear, like, distant explosions in the background, yeah, it's it's bonfire night. Mm-hmm. It's either bonfire night or finally the UK has said, fuck it, let's, re- let's have a revolution. Well, that'll never happen. That is true as yet. We're too lazy to have a revolution. Too so. many. I know too many people here are too disappointing for that. That is true. Yeah. In Scotland, it'll keep building their wall. Scotland, Scotland will re- rebuild Hadrian's Wall. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And Wales will do something. So suckers. Wales will start digging into the ground to try and crack us, crack Wales from. <laughs> Wales is just <laughs> in this project. It's, to join it's, Ireland. <laughs> it's just a hundred thousand people just trying to chisel the country loose from there. <laughs> yeah, something like that. Yeah. From England, like yeah, I can yeah. see it. That could see yeah, it. I'm amazed Scotland haven't started that yet. I wish, I wish we could succeed. <laughs> Oh yeah, I think the North needs to start doing that as well. Like, yeah, like start, start separating from the North, so the South. Leave you South guys alone and girls. And you know and what? Like I know plenty of people in the South. They're all very lovely people. I like enjoy visiting the South, but Jesus, guys, <laughs> we need to get out of here. <laughs> yeah, South not good. We we need we need to go. People are alright, but South not good. Yeah. 
just like <laughs> England in, in, a, in a general sense. It's just like, yeah. oh my God, like it, if this was a different kind of podcast, I would tell you about the conversation I overheard at the corner shop today that just like made me want to tear all of my hair out. And I worked a long time to get my hair this long. I know you can't really see it because I got it tied up, but <laughs> it's pretty long. Trust me. It is. <laughs> yeah. So I think we've got about ten dislikes now. So yeah, sure. We're good now. So yeah, no, we're good. Yeah. So uh, let's on that note, capitalism. Let's just capitalism and secure the other fifty dislikes. I don't think we've got anything controversial to say, but you know, I'll I'll do the intro anyway. This is the words of Bad Games Cast. Every single week, we discuss what's going on in gaming, the games industry, and gaming culture. In this week's episode. We discussed Nintendo's incredible profits, CD Projekt Red stock price wars. Oh, we are going to be talking about CD, uh, CD Projekt Red again. Oh, there's another 10 dislikes. Uh, a bunch of PlayStation 5 news. And more. Party on the crazy train! We don't care if you like us. Come at us, gamers. <laughs> like, like, I've built my life on not pe- people not liking me, so I'm just like... Yeah, I don't know. Bring it on. <laughs> what are you going to say? Yo, a fat what? <gasps> oh, it's all oh, the pain. Oh. <laughs> After Yo, we just. Uh, yeah. I'm no, it's the essays I enjoy. Where it's, like, games, it's so. like one giant paragraph. Like, I enjoy those a lot. Um, filled with all of the usual snowflake this and alpha male this and. Fun. It's all good. Wee. It's fun. It's very cathartic to just delete them. <laughs> like that. Well, beep. Bye. Anyway, after we do all of that, we'll go over all the new game announcements from the past week. We'll give you a content drop where we recommend some articles you should read and some videos you should watch. We'll tell you what games are coming out next week. All of them. Before playing Open Critic Head to Head, where we guess the Open Critic average of one upcoming game. And as always, we'll wrap the show up with a poor show discussion and chat about whatever's on our minds, provided Moody doesn't leave me like he did last week. Let's do a push up. No, I'm going to go back. That sorts me out. That's fine. I don't have to sign anything out today, so. I don't believe you. You've got me all night, Amy. Timestamp. Oh, God. Timestamps are in the description below the video on YouTube, so you can watch uh, any particular part of this podcast that you want. You can watch only certain parts. You can watch the whole thing backwards. We don't care. We're just happy that you're here. Cheers. Cheers. I figure anyone who's hit the dislike button at this point is gone. (laughs) So I'm happy that the rest of you are here. Uh, Also, we're available on Spotify, iTunes, Google Player, Amazon. I still haven't had an email. (laughs) Amazon, Podbean. Just search around your favorite podcast provider, and as long as it's not Google Play, you'll you'll probably find us. Yeah, Google looking at another TV screen right now, so they're like, we don't have to do anything. We've got a thing to concentrate about, which is going to take forever to find out. Yeah, I've, I've... I mean, as someone who, you know, hosts a podcast on YouTube and owns an Android phone and we used to subscribe to Google Play Music until they decided to shut it down and then they were like, use YouTube music. And I was like, nah, I'm going to use Spotify instead. Um, you know, I'm used, I'm used to that ways. <laughs> I'm, they're not a very good company. There, I said it. 
But what are you going to do when you've got no choices about where to put your videos? <laughs> put them on Twitch. I mean, I stream on Twitch. I had a very lovely Phasmophobia stream. Not 24 hours ago. <laughs> yeah. Come and have a go if no. you think you're hard enough. What well, did? But it didn't have a go at you, you dick. <laughs> it did eventually. Eventually. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Sure, I took out the weak one, so I'll come for the hard one. Uh -huh. <laughs> the one who's screaming all the time. It's because all the ghosts were trying to kill me, Moody. <laughs> <laughs> I couldn't help it. Especially with this the... is not. The first news isn't about ghosts. Especially the crawling one, though. It was so creepy. It was so freaky. The last one, yeah. That was pretty scary. I was like, I'll take a picture. And then it crawled at me. And I was like, ah! Click. And it like phased out of existence. And I took the picture. And I was like, my death is meaningless. <laughs> Hello, darkness, my old friend. <laughs> but this is—you're right. This isn't a phasmophobia podcast. That's on Monday. This is always about Gamescast podcast, and we're going to talk about news. All the exciting news. We're going to try and bring the energy because it's been a slow news week. <laughs> oh, I've got. Nout for my pop movie podcast, like zilch. It's almost like there's something else going on somewhere else in the world that has just taken up everybody's attention. I know. Can't think what that would be. But Nintendo reports extraordinary sales and profit up to 100%. <clears throat> this is from Tom Phillips over at Eurogamer. He writes. Nintendo has recorded huge profits for 2020 and raised its financial forecasts for the year as it sold millions more Switch consoles and tens of millions more copies of both new and evergreen games. Super Mario 3D All-Stars has shifted 5.21 million copies in just 12 days. Nintendo's sales data only runs up to 30th of September. A total number perhaps boosted by Nintendo's bizarre decision to remove it from sale at the end of March. Animal Crossing New Horizons is now on an incredible 26 million sales since launch in March. Double the sales of predecessor New Leaf. Its enormous sales place it just behind the Switch's top-selling game and long-time evergreen seller Mario Kart 8 Deluxe, which is now on 29 million. Pokemon Sword and Shield sales have grown to 19.2 million combined units, which makes it the best-selling pair of Pokemon games since the legendary Gold and Silver, back in 1999. Home exercise game Ring Fit Adventure sold another 3.1 million copies over the past six months, accelerating from its launch sales to 5.8 million copies sold overall since its arrival last year. 15 of Nintendo's own games sold at least a million additional copies since the beginning of the financial year in April, including Switch stalwarts such as Breath of the Wild and Smash Bros. Ultimate, which added another 2.3 million copies apiece. Switch sales for the past six months were up 80% on the same period last year, while game sales were up 71%. 12.5 million Switch consoles were sold, alongside a cool 100 million Switch games. Nintendo Switch is now on 68.3 million consoles sold total, which means it has overtaken the NES to become the second biggest seller in terms of Nintendo's own home consoles. Uh, calling the Switch a home console is Nintendo's own definition, behind only the Wii. All of this translates into some rosy looking financial returns for Nintendo, with half year sales up 73% to $7.4 billion and an incredible 209% year on year rise in operating profit to $2.8 billion. 
And yeah, there are companies out there that will claim that video games are expensive and we can't make money off of single-player video games. <laughs> we have to sell the microtransactions. Congratulations, Nintendo. Yes, congratulations to Nintendo. Well done. Well done. Um, you've done amazingly well. Like, uh, just did like 12 days, 5 million copies plus for Super Mario 3D All-Stars is incredible. 26 million for Animal Crossing. We thought that was going to be a big game. And I do believe, we all believe, and I think it's fair to say, that the coronavirus has helped it to get that sales. But, wow, that's still amazing. Congratulations to that as well. I think it's going to probably leapfrog Mario Kart. Uh, I think it will get there. I agree. Pokemon still being as strong as always. Like, it's Pokemon. Like, even when the people are mixed on it, oh, it gets big, controversial, and boycott and all this and it's just like we're all, we're almost at 20 million units you plebs bugger off yeah like it didn't stick for me but i'm glad it's resonated with people and everyone's saying the new expansions are really good so that's I all i have that's my input in pokemon i played it for like 10 15 hours and i was like cool that was fun probably won't do that again you list for best games of the year last year it was yeah, so it can't be that. It can't, it can't be that. Yeah, it must have been more than that. I mean, I did say cool. It, that cool. That was fun. <laughs> That's like giving a a film an average rating. No, it's not. If I um, was given Pokemon and that Pokemon Sword, which was the one I played, an average rating, I would have gone yeah, whatever. Right. Uh, Ring Fit. Ring keeps Fit's the, great. Keeps pottering on as always, and yeah, like just just Nintendo set themselves up perfectly to be the perfect home console when it came to like just you don't you can have the tv on in the background and you can just deport yourself and just have your little console within your hand and being handheld and everything and it's absolutely fantastic just that way itself uh, i mostly play it handheld when it comes to my switch and yeah well done nintendo 200 percent. that's amazing yeah i mean i'm the opposite when it comes to my switch i don't really play it in handheld mode um I've never really been much for a handheld. Like I like the Vita. I thought that was I thought that was cool. Like for but for the games that were on it, <clears throat> never necessarily because I was like, yeah, I have to. I want a handheld. Like I play like one mobile game a year. <laughs> like, um, and I, yeah, I don't really undock my Switch. Like I get more use out of the Pro Controller than I do out of the Joy Cons. But it's just such a great idea for a console. Like with Nintendo, like. I don't think PlayStation or Xbox could have pulled off a, a console like this. Um, like, it's a, it's the marriage of it being a home console slash handheld hybrid while also being a Nintendo console, so having all of the Nintendo games on it, and then bringing all of those popular indie games and then saying, cool, these are now portable if you want them to be portable. So, like, you can play Hades portable. You can play Hollow Knight portable. Uh, you can play Fortnite portable want <laughs> yeah, yeah. play apex legends portable these days uh or the witcher 3 like it just yeah like every time i see something like this because nintendo's having a great generation the switch might end up outselling the wii like all of its franchises because of how well the, the system's selling all of its franchises are breaking records um but i just i flash back to to 2017 or probably 2016 when we were talking about the NX for like a year. 
And then it was like, oh, it's, and you me. went, you went here for this. So I'm just throwing shade yeah, at, at the, all of the podcast hosts that of, of, of years gone by. when I was like, every, when the rumors started coming out that they were making a, a hybrid handheld home console. And I was like, that's a really good idea. And everybody else was like, it's a dumb idea. He's right. I admit myself. I said that myself. I was thinking that doesn't sound like the right thing for me, but uh, I'll hold my hand up when I'm wrong. I was wrong. Well done, Damn. Nintendo. You could have got away with that. I wouldn't even challenge you if you just gone, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I thought the same thing, and I would have been like, yeah, man. Solidarity. <laughs> no, no, no. no. I, I know when I'm wrong. I admit when I'm wrong. So, like, yeah. I, I didn't think it was at all. I was just thinking, this sounds dumb. The PlayStation 4 is doing really, really well. Xbox is slowly starting to come back, even though the, their sales are still nowhere near as good as what they probably would have wanted it and everything, but with all the how successful and how bad the Wii U was for them, I was literally thinking, they're not going to go handheld again. They're going to do a console. It may not be as powerful as like the PlayStation 4 and the Xbox One, fine, but but no. Can't fault them. Oh, the Wii U was a disaster. Like, the Wii U is weird, though, because it had a lot of really good games. It just... The hardware was bad. The name was bad. <laughs> the controller just was... Like, the controller was awful. <laughs> like, the controller was one of the worst things I've ever held in my hands in my entire life. And let me tell you about some of the things I've held in my hands. <laughs> but we won't go there. <laughs> Please not. <laughs> Maybe one day. Maybe Words one about day. games podcast after dark. <coughs> the after dark, the you dark know, hours. It is, but you know. Yeah, it's pretty dark right now. It's not too dark because every time I look across, I can see explosions. <laughs> I need to open my window. I'm getting a little hot right now. <laughs> see, I was like, yeah, I am warm, but it was one of those things where it's like I, I can't open my window because there's so many fireworks right now. Yeah. Well, I'm not hearing any. But I'm also going to turn my heating off. I've got the thing here. So I'll All right, I'll read the next news story. You go for it. I've already read it, so. Yeah, so the next one. CD Projekt Red's share price fell 25% in the last two months. This is from Jody McGregor over at PC Gamer. He writes, As games industry are based notes, I don't think I copied the beginning of this story. CD Projekt Red's share price peaked in late August with a market cap of 42.4 billion Polish Zloty, which is about... 10.7 billion US dollars. The individual share price was just under 461 slightly per share or 116.50 US dollars. Subsequently, the studio instituted mandatory extra hours to complete work on Cyberpunk 2077 and then announced a delayed release date. The share price dropped to 331 slightly and is currently at 335 slightly, which is about 85 US dollars. Um. I'd already forgotten that there was a Witcher-themed augmented reality game in the vein of Pokemon Go announced in August, but that announcement coincided with the studio's share price peaking. The Cyberpunk 2077 hype obviously helped, and I suspect the idea of a new mobile game based on The Witcher wouldn't have seemed as appealing to investors before the Netflix show made it a household name. CD Projekt Red stock fell earlier this year, when the impact of the COVID pandemic became obvious, rallying after President and CEO Adam Krasinski explained they already had another big single-player RPG with a relatively clear concept in the works, widely assumed to be the next game in the Witcher universe. That's a weird news story. <laughs> <laughs> like, no, 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 I mean a weirdly written one, it was 
Very strangely written. Especially as brought up Pokemon Go. Um, this isn't the surprise when it comes to like certain things like this. Like they've had a bad bit of publicity of the last couple of weeks and months, really. The crunch, the delays, and then delays again, uh, and everything. And it's just because it always happens. It's just what always happens. And then when the game game eventually will come out, if it's this year or next year, I still think they should push it to next year. I will reiterate that. There's another 20 dislikes for us, Amy. Oh, they should um, push it to next year, but they won't because capitalism. Uh, capitalism is good. I have to remember. I have to remember that. I really um, hope you're being sarcastic. Am I, ladies and gentlemen? Am I hope I? so. <laughs> um, <laughs> it's just the last episode of Davin Moody on the Words About Games podcast. Find out next time. <laughs> we have a heart to heart. It'll be a heart to heart special post show discussion, heart to heart, and then it'll be like, and the next morning, Davin Moody has been ejected. Fire! <laughs> <laughs> Davin Moody has been voted out this podcast. Um, yeah, it's, yeah it's, it happens, and then the, then the game will come out, and then the stock price will skyrocket again. Yeah, I know. I mean, this is in here because it was a slow news week, and everybody was talking about it, and Apple it basically said the same thing. It's like, it went down, because they delayed that game. It's going to go up when the game comes out, and they're like, we sold 65 million thousand units at launch. It's the most successful game in CD Projekt Red history. Yeah. And the share price will go up. <laughs> yeah, and then that'll be the, the millionaires who are in charge of the company going, yeah, like they're on the podium at Formula One. And then, um, and then like all of the workers will just be like, maybe we sleeped out. And then they'll be like, Fur, peasants, we've got a we've got a post forge patch to do. Get back to work. You've only worked ninety five hours this week. How dare you try to leave early? Only ninety five hours? That's a normal day for me. <laughs> it's a normal weekday for me. No, it's not. An all week day for you. <laughs> day. I know I'm saying the wrong words. Get over day? it. Day. <laughs> I know I said the wrong words. I'm allowed to. Like, it's just shit. It's all shit. CD Projekt Red, the way they treat its workers is shit. The fact that, like, all of their millionaire fucking leaders are going to make more millions is shit. That's <laughs> what I got. <laughs> it's the energy I'm bringing in this discussion. Um... Game will be good. Though. It needs to be better practices. There's no doubt about. It. Like we know, like we know this. The people, staff need to be paid, paid better, and everything. And then capitalism will be actually good for once for a lot of people because, like, say, yo, millionaires, you can earn money, but you can actually pay the staff at a reasonably good wage. Not just no fuck reasonably, a good ass wage for all the hours they put in for you, especially if they crunch and all like that. No, you don't want to do that. That's fine. It's not fine. But that's the <laughs> <laughs> that's a fact. But yeah, yeah, it's um. No, it's not. It's not. They lost money. They're gonna gain like, that back. Yeah, it's like I'm so like even if they up. didn't, right? Even if the stock price didn't go back up when Cyberpunk comes out, guess what? They're all still fucking rich. <laughs> They're all gonna be rich. That's all right. Now, would like, I like to a bit of that cheddar? Yes, I don't want to I want mine some of that cheddar. I too. 
I too would like to be rich. But I have a feeling the things I would do with my riches versus the things that rich people do with their riches are vastly different to the point where yeah, I wouldn't really be rich. Yeah, you wouldn't <laughs> be rich for long. <laughs> no, no, I would not. <laughs> like, I remember talking about it on Twitter. Where I was like, man, if I had the money of Elon Musk, this is what I would do. And then it would be like, but then you wouldn't have the money of Elon Musk. It's like, I know, but I would, I, my conscience would be clear and I would be happy. <laughs> That's all that matters, ladies and gentlemen. Absolutely. But then, like, I feel like ethical people can't be millionaires. Go figure. Next story. I would have put this at number one, but this was, like, literally, like, as I was doing the notes, I saw this. PlayStation And I, and I already had, like, a PlayStation block in the thing, and I was like, I have to move the whole block. <laughs> And it's like so little effort to, to edit a document with a document, but at the same time I was like, that little effort is too much effort. So this is number three. PS5 won't be sold in retail stores on launch day. Sales are online only. This is from Michael McWhiter over at Polygon. He writes PlayStation fans who are hoping to secure a launch day PlayStation 5 console by visiting a retail store in person or camping out for a first crack on seem to be out of luck. Sony says that PS5 sales will be conducted in an online-only capacity on November 9th, uh, 12th when the next-gen console launches in North America and on November 19th in other regions as a preventative measure during the pandemic. Quote, In the interest of keeping our gamers, retailers, and staff safe amidst COVID-19, today we are confirming that all day, all day of launch sales will be conducted through the online stores of our retail partners. Sony Interactive Entertainment sued Schumann said Thursday in a PlayStation blog post. End quote. Sony confirms that no units will be available in store per for purchase on launch day and advises customers to, quote, be safe, stay home, and place your order online. End quote. How? Where? <laughs> quote. Gamers who have pre-ordered for pickup at their local retailer should still be able to do so at their designated appointment time under the retailer's safety protocols. Please confirm the details. With your local retailer, end quote. <clears throat> Makes me glad I did order online. <laughs> uh, this is not surprising. Should they have released this earlier and told people earlier? Yeah, there's no doubt about that. Sony don't want... But it's hmm? simple as Sony don't want the headlines that some parent will just say, Sony, PlayStation 5 gave my child COVID. Yeah. It's just not surprising. Like I said, for me, they should have just released this earlier instead of a week from its release in North America. Yeah. So. I don't know. Like Sony's no. late, Sony's communication in 2020 has been poor. So it's like, should, should, poor, so. Probably. At the end of every, every year, I delete all of the information that, and everything from like all of the previous year's podcasts, and then I yeah. just going fresh. <laughs> but, That's fair, so it's like, in 2020, the communication was poor. It probably was last year as well, but I don't know. <laughs> I think everyone's going to be doing that at the end of the year. 2020 nah, is going to be worse. I'm trying to warn everyone. I'm trying to warn everyone. 2020 was going to be worse, I guarantee it. Um... Yeah, that's they're just trying to avoid that headline. Like, yeah. it's the right thing to do, of course. Definitely, yeah. Um, does it suck for people who were going to buy a console? Yeah, I guess. But at the, the end of the day, there's probably the not going to be very many. There probably wasn't going to be very many available anyway. 
Well, they've sold the allocation, so they've sold millions already, so it doesn't make really bloody difference how you get it. That's all, what I mean. all they care about is that they, as long as you get the console, ladies and gentlemen, I can appreciate you want to get it on day one. Bloody hell, if I if I, if I I ordered and I wanted it on day one, I would make sure to get it on day one. But I mean, I should still be getting it on day one. It's all yeah. still on track, it says, on my account. But yeah, like, it's how it is, unfortunately, at the moment. Especially in the UK, when where like all of the shops are We've closed, just locked down, yeah. for like <laughs> click and collect only, which means like you can't buy anything at the shop. You have to place your orders online anyway. So, um, in this country, that would have happened either way, mm. because That's we're locked down well past the PS Five launch today. But um, yeah, be safe, stay home, and place your order online. You tell me those PS Fives available online, Sony. <laughs> Well, don't worry, guys. You got your Xboxes next week. So. Doubt. So it's going to be the same thing. Like you said, Xbox. I'd be very surprised if Xbox haven't already released a statement like this already prior before all of this. And everything I don't like that, know. So. They've got that partnership going with GameStop. Where they're pretty much but keeping GameStop in business. <laughs> so I don't know what they're doing uh, in terms of their um, in-store. Well, you got to think they'll have the same safety protocols. Time, yeah. time slots and everything in America. It just it seems a bit weird that Sony is announcing this, if I'm honest, because like, like, they're 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 saying it's not going to be available to buy in store in person to avoid people queuing up at, at the stores. They're doing it on the PlayStation blog, so millions of people aren't going to see it anyway. Uh, it will probably still go to the stores to try and get one, but like. Surely that's the individual stores themselves that would have decided that would decide that because they're the ones once they get the stock they decide like Target and Best Buy for example like once they get the stock in their warehouses they distribute it based on whatever stock allocation algorithm like they they run off yeah like Sony can't really like Sony can't really mandate that I don't think I might be wrong yeah I might be wrong so. So it's a weird statement in that regard. But it, it's a statement that makes sense from, from their perspective. That might be why Xbox haven't said anything. Because they're like, yo, like Xbox are going to be able to tell fucking Walmart what to do with all of the Xboxes they bought off them. <laughs> if I knew the answers to these questions for me, I would probably have a better job. <laughs> Better day job. I love my second job. Your nighttime job. My after hours job. <laughs> I also quite enjoy hosting this podcast. Hey yo! PlayStation CEO says VR won't be a meaningful part of gaming for years. This is from Addy Robertson over at The Verge. He writes, Sony PlayStation CEO Jim Ryan says virtual reality won't be a meaningful part of interactive entertainment in the near future. I'd say a few years is the near future, but I guess that's splitting hairs. Uh, Ryan indicated to the Washington Post that VR still has a long way to go, although he emphasized that Sony isn't giving up on the medium. The statement suggests that an update to Sony's PlayStation VR headset is years away. Quote, I think we're more than a few minutes from the future of VR. PlayStation believes in VR. Sony believes in VR. And we definitely believe at some point in the future, VR will represent a meaningful component of interactive entertainment. Will it be this year? No. Will it be next year? No. 
But will it come at some stage? We believe that. End quote. He notes that the upcoming PlayStation 5, which will be released November 12th, supports the old PlayStation VR headset with a special adapter. Pinning VR's success to, quote, some point in the future and ruling out a meaningful VR market in 2020 or 2021 isn't a hugely positive short-term view of the medium, at least compared to Sony competitor Facebook, which just released its Oculus Quest 2 headset. That said, it would be more surprising if Sony indicated we'd see PSVR news in the last few months of 2020. Duh. This is not surprising whatsoever, just like the other one. No, well, the world's not ready for VR yet to the main to the main to become fully mainstream. It's not there for the little for the gaming audience who uses it and everything like like you and everything like that. It is you don't you only play like what two or three games on it a year? Well, this is the point, right? So like, there's a lot of layers to what Jim Ryan's saying. In that, it probably won't be mean, a meaningful part of gaming ever. Right? Because, like, you have to spend a lot of money to buy. It's not like buying a controller, right? Or, like, any other periphery. Because, like, as we, we discussed VR, obviously, when they all launched back in 2016. And it was a peripheral. We, like, we, we'd sit there and go, it's a peripheral. And it's an incredibly expensive peripheral. Like, yeah. you know, you, you buy a, an Elite controller for, for way cheaper than you could buy a VR headset. Um, and, like... Like, we're at a point now where VR is going to be slightly bigger because the Quest here is, is wireless, which is, I, th- I believe, is one of the... It's one of the things that VR needs to have, or it needs to be, to, to really start, like, becoming appealing to people who aren't me, who, like, run a yeah. gaming podcast and love gaming technology and want all of the gaming things. Because, like, untethering it from a machine and... Just being able to stick it on your head and play it—that's that—that it's simple at that point, but that is still three hundred pound, <laughs> like for the quest, uh, the Oculus Quest too. Um, like P- PSVR needs to be wireless to make an impact. Like PSVR two, sorry, needs to be wireless to to make any sort of impact. That's true. Like if they just release a PSVR two and it's it's all still fucking millions of wires. Connecting every port on the fucking PlayStation, and you have to you have to spend like ten minutes setting it up every time you want to play it. And Source, I used to own one. Um, like the the only people they'll get are people like me or people who already own one. Um, so like when he's saying it's years away, what I think he's actually saying is they're trying to get to a point where they can release a wireless PlayStation VR two headset. With decent motion tracking, because they, for some reason, use the move controllers, and their motion tracking, hand tracking, is atrocious. Um, and it'd be affordable. Is a few years away. That's what I think. That's what I think he's saying. It's that whole thing of he's speaking for PlayStation, but saying it in a way where he's speaking for the whole VR medium. And on the flip side of that, as you mentioned, the games. That's a developer problem. <laughs> like if no one's making the games, no one can play the games. <laughs> Thing is, the developers don't see it viable right now, so yeah. because they don't think it's viable, it's... they're not going to put any money into it unless they're like owned by a studio that owns a VR set, like at Facebook or Sony or something like that, who are going to tell them you have to create a VR game. Yeah, I agree. If that happens, it's not going to change. But it's the it's the snake eating its own tail, like genius yeah. metaphor. It's like, well, it's not going to get big unless you make games for it. 
like newsflash people need games to play on these things and like if you make a a really good vr game there is an audience there for it just ask the developers of beat saber or super hot or the half-life valve why did why did i blank on that i was like what was the game i played this year <laughs> oh yeah it was half-life oh, yeah half-life alex which is like a huge oh, moment I... in in gaming when when it came out like it was a big thing that took over social media for a few days and it disappeared like 99 percent of other big games that come out um like the, the it's an incredible game and it's an incredible vr experience um but then nothing follows it up right because well what's the next thing what's the next big vr thing and even i don't know the answer to that what's the next big big vr thing i don't know there was this battle royale game that came out like a couple of weeks ago like like i thought like people thought might be a, a thing but i've never seen anyone talking about it so i guess it wasn't VR needs to to become a full f- big thing. Needs to broaden itself out into a bigger p- spectrum of going into like like watching films from it as if you were in a cinema. Type but this of, is type the thing: you can actually do that. Like it needs to be wider and bigger, though. Needs you need a big temple films to come out. You need Disney. Or the like Warner Brothers, the Universals, and all like that really, really go into this. Yeah, you can. They're not going to do that right now. It already depends on like, but that could also change. It already depends on how what things are like this time next year. Because if the things are still the same, pretty much like this time next year, one like I've already said multiple times on my own podcast, uh, cinemas will be dead. They'll be gone. They will not be around anymore because they won't be able to to be open or anything. And so then, then Disney and all the other movie studios then might start looking into other technologies like that. But they've already got that with streaming. So, but you see, this is the thing. You say that, and you can already do all of that. Like when I had a PSVR, I don't use it on my PC one because PCs are stupid. But like when I have my PSVR, like and then it works on any VR headset. You can literally have a cinema experience. It even. Like, you can have a gigantic screen in front of you, and you can use the 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 Dolby whatever the fuck audio, the good audio that comes with you, to watch to watch on a virtual giant screen. Um, and hey, PlayStation's got Netflix. I was literally when I had a PSVR. Sometimes I would literally be lying in bed, <laughs> like with the VR headset on, just like oh, like watching movies and TV shows on giant screens. You can already do that. But again, it's expensive. Like That's it's an incredibly fun. expensive peripheral. Like it's a phenomenal experience. Like VR is an incredible experience. Like anyone who's tried one, I've spoken to them. Like it, it is great. But again, it then it then comes to the point where it's like, well, would you spend three hundred pounds on a Quest Two or four hundred pounds on the Quest Two with the expanded hard drive? Or if you've already got a PlayStation, would you spend? 250 to 400 pounds on a psvr would you spend a thousand pounds on a on a on a valve index it's like no you wouldn't do any of that and the price i can't see how the price can come down and that's where i think vr's sticking point is and i don't know whether it's going to get past it if there were instead of like one or two big games coming out for vr per year if there were like six or seven like like games that people everybody was talking about coming out on the VR headsets 
that maybe, you know, you have a different conversation and maybe that price starts to become worth it. This is where capitalism needs to turn into a good thing, where it actually uses its money to create headsets that are going to be on a cheap end price, take a hit, but knowing that what they can back, get back in probably software sales or something like that, that's that's the only way it's going to happen. Until some big company does that, and I mean big company that knows it can sustain itself even by taking the hit, but they're not going to do that because the hit's probably for, for their investors, like we've already talked about, is going to be too big for them. Yeah, 100%. I don't see any company being able to, because... Like, okay, like, let's do a thought experiment. Like, bearing in mind, you've heard me talk incredibly positively about virtual reality as an experience for the last, for the last five years, six years, whatever. Since, since the very first time I sat down with an Oculus Rift de development kit headset and played Alien Isolation and questioned how I make life decisions. Like, like you've, you've heard me talk about VR for years and years and years. Like, yes. what... You've got a VR-ready PC. You have a PlayStation 4. Like, let's just assume that, like, whichever platform you want to get, cool. You're going to get one. You have that ability. How much would you be willing to spend on that experience to have that yeah. headset? 300 quid. Right, cool. So, like, that's the, the bottom end of VR. <laughs> Like you, you know what I mean. That's like the, that's like the cheap, cheapest entry point in the VR is 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 three hundred quid. So like, you're a gaming enthusiast, you're you you co-host two video game podcasts a week. You you're in, you're more or less like as I like to always describe us inside the industry, pressed up against the edge. Like, now imagine you're just normal, daffed Moody of five years ago. He was none of those things, maybe. And just like to play games every now and again, would you still say you would spend three hundred pound on a VR headset? No, I would say I wouldn't. Yeah, so that becomes the problem. Like, cool. Well, like, how do we get those people in VR? Yeah, it's trying to sell it to the normal audience, the gaming audience, the, the, the not the casual basic gaming audience. The and everything like, and then it's like the same thing when like when it comes to movies and everything like that. The people like the geeks and all like that who are like how what you just said have the ears in the industry and all like that think that they're getting targeted at us you know they're targeting at the people the, the general movie going audience the people with their families and kids and everything they're not caring about you yeah. they know you they know they got you you're in already it's the rest yeah right it's like for, for all the criticisms of playstation that have come up over, over across 2020 like i still have a playstation 5 arriving in two weeks <laughs> like because they've got me already i'm already invested and i want to be i want to keep being invested so I'm, i've got the new console coming like it's not me they need to sell these things to like the virtual reality headsets are being marketed to people like us because we're the only ones who will buy them because of the cost of entry and until yeah. that cost of entry can come down like if you if they could get quest 2 down to say 200 pound it becomes it becomes reached like a reachable thing for people to say actually you know what i'll give this a go that's true um it's a shame because like i say vr um i'm a believer i i'm a, what's it a proponent like i'll shout from the rooftops anytime somebody asks me about vr it's one of the greatest things i've ever experienced sitting on the bridge of the enterprise <laughs> like arguing with my friends but like yeah 
it's amazing. But at the same time, it's like, but do I convince you to spend three, four, five, six hundred, a thousand? What do you manage to do at once? People these days want something that's going to be used not just for a casual thing these days. They want, like, I bought, I've just forked out a number (laughs) on my brand new PC, which I would not have done on a console. Yeah. But I know this PC, I'm going to be using it pretty much every day because I'll be using it for college. I'll be using it for. My podcast, the uh-huh. podcast I do with you, and effort. This I'm on this pretty much twenty four seven. Well, not twenty four seven, but I'm on it pretty much most of the day. I get most of the. I go out for, like for two hours for exercise, and then I basically I'm on this for most of the day. So, yeah, and you play games on it. Mm-hmm. I imagine this in a six months it'll be your primary gaming platform. Probably, unless Epic doesn't want to work on it. But anyway, speaking of nerds, Sony. Is reportedly close to buying Crunchyroll for nearly a billion dollars. This is from James Vincent over at The Verge. He writes, Sony is close to finalizing a deal to buy US-based anime streaming service Crunchyroll for nearly a billion dollars, according to a report from Nikkei Asia. Nikkei says Sony negotiated exclusive rights to bid for the streaming service and its 3 million paying subscribers earlier this year, and the two companies have now entered into final negotiations. Although an asking price is unclear, Nikkei understands that Sony could end up spending more than 100 billion yen on the company, around $957 million. Crunchyroll is owned by... Boring companies, yeah, whatever. From Sony's point of view... AT&T, yeah. From Sony's point of view, acquiring Crunchyroll would help it bulk up its entertainment offering in a market that is dominated by streamers like Netflix and Hulu. Anime has yeah. become an important. Don't Disney Plus into that. They have took up a lot of it as well. Anime has become an important front in the battle between streaming services, with companies fighting to license popular series and films. The end result being fragmented access for consumers. Sony already owns U.S. anime distributor Formation, which licenses a number of popular shows like Attack on Titan, Full Metal Alchemist, and One Piece. Acquiring Crunchyroll would help it build out its catalog even further, expanding its offering in Japan and abroad too. Sony are creating, uh, by uh, basically buying their own the anime uh, singularity. <laughs> yeah, they are, and they're going to fuse Funimation and Crunchyroll into one big little thing. Um, if they gave me that on PS Plus, <laughs> sorry, I said if they gave me that on PS Plus, oh, that'd be great. Oh yeah, yeah, that'd be great. Yeah, um, this was the I love like I like, remember when we were all talking. Uh, uh, people are saying, Sony have to do something because Microsoft have just bought Bethesda. They need to buy another gaming developer. Sony went, now nah, we're going to buy some anime, mate. <laughs> anime's big business. Like, I, I remember looking at the numbers. It's a billion dollar franchise. I remember looking at the numbers over, uh, over like, like lockdown, you know, when everybody was in lockdown yep. across the world. And it's just like, you, everyone's like, Netflix must be doing amazing. and Hulu's doing amazing. But like Crunchyroll, man. Like, those Crunchyroll numbers that I saw were absurd. And then I was like, and I thought that, and then I was like, wait, no, I got a Crunchyroll subscription during lockdown. <laughs> like, as well. <laughs> because I was like, oh, I've got the time. Yeah. <laughs> this is, out of all the companies they were going to buy, if, like, this was, this was the one definitely out of left field. I don't deny that. But uh, they already own Funimation. Of course, they would want to capitalize and bring it all under one house 
And the, ladies and gentlemen, the amount of contracts that they are gobbling up with this on Crunchyroll, whoa. Crunchyroll's oh, like, goodness. yeah, big it's the primary anime site out there. Funimation's good, and it is big, but it's not Crunchyroll big. Yeah. No, Crunchyroll is, is insane. Like, and, and it's, and, like, it's the... It, it's the place you go to get your anime, right? Like your new anime, because it simulcasts like tons and tons of, of like the new seasons of whatever that's being aired in Japan, right? And there's like twenty four yeah. hours. It goes on. It, it goes out in Japan, and then twenty four hours later, you can watch it on Crunchyroll. What this is going to happen? This is you can see in the long term vision of it for me is that you're going to have simultaneous casting between subbed and dubbed. That'd be amazing. Straight away. Like they do it on obviously the big ones, like you've got the Attack on Titan, the um, and My Hero Academia. But when it comes to like One Piece, that is very slow. Even though One Piece is one of the biggest animes in the world, ladies and gentlemen, if you don't realize how big that one show is, that's been a lot around for twenty years, I think I want to say it might be more now, and still going strong, especially in Japan. It's like you have no idea. I have no idea. This like, is absolutely yeah. bonkers. Like, I don't mind watching stuff with uh, subtitles. I've been on your podcast to talk about that before, um, about movies, yeah. about foreign movies. But, like, yeah, I do prefer the dubs to the subs. Especially, but I feel like especially with anime where it's like, if I'm watching a, if I'm watching a live action movie, like, I generally, when I'm reading subtitles, nothing is happening on the screen. Like, people are talking, cool, I might miss some facial expressions. Okay, cool, like, I can live with that. But, like, with anime, it's, like, usually, like, there's people talking all the time, and there's, like, this amazing art that's happening on the screen, and it's hard to focus on one or the other. Like, yeah. <laughs> and it's, like, I, that's why I prefer dubbed, because it's, like, I want to watch the, the cool battle or whatever that's happening on the screen with this amazing animated artwork. But then it's, like, I have to keep looking at the bottom of the screen to read. And I'm, like, no. Nah. Like, like, um, like, My Hero Academia, one of the ones I one of the animes I watched... Uh, during lockdown watched about half of it it's like it's like yeah man like there's a lot of shit going on on the screen <laughs> like i don't need to add words to that like as well like i feel like i w- would never be able to keep up mm-hmm. that's true that's the say go beyond don't leave me hanging i've it's been months moody i don't remember I don't remember. Live long and prosper? I can do a quote from the one I've been watching most recently. It's animated. It's not anime, though. (laughs) Welcome to the world of tomorrow. Futurama's cool. (laughs) By the way, it's still cool. I'm here. I'm happy to report. You can turn off the PS5 DualSense haptic feedback and adaptive triggers. This is from Wesley M. Poole over at Eurogamer. He writes, Sony has announced the accessibility features of the PlayStation 5, confirming you can turn off the DualSense haptic feedback and adaptive triggers. In a post on the SIE website, the company confirmed you can reduce or disable the force of haptic feedback and adaptive triggers on the DualSense wireless controller. The DualSense haptic, the dual sensors haptic feedback and adaptive triggers are pitched as two of the PS5's more significant new features. 
The tech locks down the triggers when your weapon is jammed in Arkane's upcoming immersive sim Deathloop. Simulates the fatigue of the athletes on the court when playing NBA 2K21. As your players get more tired, you get more resistance when pushing on the sprint trigger. And the controller even imitates the feeling of spider sense in Spider-Man Miles Morales. But the tech had sparked accessibility concerns from some, so confirmation it can all be turned off is welcome. Meanwhile, Sony said the PS5 also includes improved audio enhancements to give players better spatial awareness. The PS5 also has a voice dictation feature that lets the users quickly input text without the need for a virtual keyboard. Thank you, Jesus. All you need to do is speak the words when they appear on screen. The PS5 also has a screen reader, which provides blind and low vision users with options to hear on-screen text. Deaf and hard of hearing users can type text messages that are then spoken out loud to other party members. And finally, the PS5 supports colour correction in addition to the PlayStation 4's button assignments and closed caption. Yay. Yay. Right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'm hearing nothing but great things about this new controller. Like, this is like one oh, of yeah. the big innovations when it comes to the, what the PlayStation 5. Now that all, like, happen. I do appreciate that they've stopped talking about the ball string, though. Because it's always talked about for ages. It was like, What's the one example we could keep going back to over and over again? We'll talk about the resistance of pulling back a bowstring 700 times. <laughs> oh, yeah. This is, um, like, for a lot of people, like, uh, the big, the one big advantage that Xbox has had over a PlayStation for the longest time was still the controller. I mean, I'm very, uh, I might be F- niche, but you say that, but, I like, we've talked about. I did prefer my, my PS4 controller. Well, I mean, in, in a broader sense, though. Maybe. Not but, between you and me. Look, right? I can only do polls of two people <laughs> of this podcast, right? <laughs> and it was 50 50. In a broader sense, the consensus is the controller that's still the buyer going to be the best. Is the is the X. I almost said PlayStation first edition. Uh, <laughs> Damn right you did. Oh. You say arguably. Uh, and I'm the one arguing. Continue. <sighs> I will, I will uh, stop. But to hear that they've arguably done probably a better controller overall, where the consensus might literally be that they have the better superior controller, that is amazing. Um, I hear nothing but great things about it, which is fantastic. Uh, oh, just like you, I do. I really enjoy the PlayStation 4 controller. I think it's a really good controller. There was a huge leak compared to what the PlayStation 3 controller. The Xbox controller, they've basically, if it ain't broke, why fix it type of mentality when it comes to their controller because they have got a really good controller. There's no doubt about that. Uh, how I play mostly on my Elite. It's a brilliant controller. I don't deny that. But yeah, it's... Um, like when I heard Game all these... Lab. Really, when, I, <laughs> when I heard all these amazing things about this, this controller, I was just like, I might have to bring up my date of when I buy my PlayStation 5 next year. <laughs> I mean, in, it up a bit. <laughs> in two and a half weeks, we're doing a PlayStation 5 special like weekly review podcast episode, and I am not like, if if that if I talk about PS5 and all of its features and all of its game, launch games and that convinces you you need a PS5, I'm not taking the blame for that. That's on Sony. <laughs> I've already said myself, the first console I'll be buying will be the PlayStation 5. I've um, already said that, because yeah. I can use, I can play all the Xbox games on my brand new PC. Yeah, and I have an Xbox One X. Like, the, and like, when when I finally get around to it, you know, as long as like, you know, kind of like all 
all like jobs in the UK having collapsed within the next 12 months, like it wouldn't be too difficult to get an Xbox Series S. <laughs> Given the price, yeah. given no, the price, yeah. but you'd be able to get one by March. No, no, I don't mean like I mean like if I can afford it because okay, you yeah, know, I know that. Yeah, jobs haven't fallen apart in the fourth lockdown. Um, yeah, we talked about this when when Sony talked about the DualShock Four not being compatible with PS Five games. Um, in terms of like an accessibility issue, like it could yeah. be an issue. So it's cool to see that they um that you can just turn it all off. Like, if you can't use the controller, because, like, you know, like, to use one example that's in here, like, the the, the trigger getting more resistance on the sprint button could be an issue for people who can't grip very well um, on NBA 2K21. So it's good that you can turn that off if, if that's going to be an issue for you. It does make me question why you can't use a PS4 controller for these games after all, but you know what? I'm not going to go there. I think the PS4 controllers are, are, are brilliant. I haven't got my hands on a DualSense, but from what I've heard as well, like same things. Like you could have picked who... the DualSense up and get a look at the PlayStation 4 and say, "We need to start seeing other people." <laughs> I, will, I will look at the I will look at the DualShock 4 and I will go, "You know what? You're the second best controller I ever had." And I haven't even turned this bugger on yet. <laughs> <laughs> I'll just be playing Sackboy and I'll be like, "Oh yeah." <laughs> Yeah, 2020. <laughs> like the first game I'm going to boot up isn't going to be Spider-Man. <laughs> no, actually, it'll be Astro on it because that'll be installed on my be... PS5 and I'll be waiting for everything else to install. So the first game I play, I'll be Astro. Yep. <laughs> and then the second pretty game much. I play, will be Bugsnax. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. I've got to get my bloody Epic Store sorted so I can play that next week. You've got a week in lieu to, before, you, before we talk about it on the, know, on the podcast. Kind of yeah, but you know I'll be like, Bug Snacks, 2020 game of the year. Woo-hoo. Amy um, was right, even though she hasn't played it yet. <laughs> Amy was right. Yakuza's getting good scores, and I'm just, it's just heightening yeah. my anticipation to play this game yeah. so badly. <laughs> I'm really annoyed that's not on Game Pass. Like, I'm just like, oh. I'm oh, so desperate to get my hands on that game. I, I know. And I have been all year. Yeah. <laughs> like... Oh my god! Like I'm, I'm, I've decided to get it on Xbox, just to, just to like, because I can't play it on the PS5, because I won't be able to transfer my save data over from a PS4 to my PS5. So it's like to avoid the hassle, I'm just gonna, just gonna play it on Xbox, because <laughs> I'm not, I'm not taking my Xbox down. <laughs> Whereas like that would give me nine days to play it before I'm like, okay, I'm taking the PS4 down now. Yeah, um, that's understandable. Like, I might just leave the PS4 connected for a while, but I feel like I can just get... Like, I'm thinking about the games I would play, play on, like Bloodborne, maybe Destiny. And it's like, yeah, I can get all those on PS5 anyway. Or on Game Pass. Let's continue on. Man, we are not burning through time. I'm going to say something right here, right now. For When's the PlayStation 5 version coming for that game? March, isn't it? Yakuza... Like a Dragon. PS5 release date. <sighs> Not in Japan. <laughs> Damn you, Google! Uh, March 2nd, 2021. That's when the X- Xbox will come out a week later, coming to Game Pass. Imagine. I can't. I can't. 
oh, I love Yakuza. And it looks so good. And like, it's like, I've seen like, there's like a contingent of us on Twitter, right? Of like people who cover video games, who like anime weeb stuff. Like, who like Japanese games, <laughs> right? And like everyone, of, everyone out of that group who has played Yakuza is like, this game is amazing. <laughs> and I'm like, fucking get in. <laughs> friend of ours who's never played one before in his life i believe he says it's brilliant i was just like good god man you're changing it's good <laughs> i love it oh we used no to have arguments about duty. japanese <laughs> games on the on the podcast you're telling me he likes it yep. son of a bitch <laughs> yep. oh now he likes them now that i've gone yeah <laughs> He's doing it to fight you. Yeah, he's just doing it to spite me. I don't like it. Let's talk about a Western game. Okay. Phasmophobia dev reconsidering early access plans after huge success. This is from Joe Scrabbles over at IGN who writes, Breakout ghost hunting game Phasmophobia has been so successful, this developer has had to reconsider their original plans for the game's future and early access, taking more time for bug fixes and new content before hitting a full release. Kinetic Games is made up of a single developer going by the name DK Niner. Or D-Nightner. D-Nightner. We'll go with that. Who created the game as a debut solo project with no formal development training. As such, the initial plans for the game's early access were fairly limited. Quote, I was originally planning the early access to be short, where I'd just add a few more maps, ghost types, and equipment. However, due to the game's popularity, everyone's expectations are increased, so I'm going to have to reconsider my plans for the game's future. End quote. D-Nightner doesn't go into detail about the details of the new plans, but it seems the game will remain in early access for longer than planned, and may well be more ambitious in the additions it makes. For now, however, the developers focusing on existing features rather than new ones. Quote, At the moment, my only focus is getting the major bugs fixed before I begin working on new content. These bug fixes would usually be sent out when they are ready, but due to me having to update a lot of the game's code, a lot of new systems need testing. So the next update will be, yeah, go on, whatever. Just describing the next update. I put this in here because I'm like, along with Among Us, Phasmophobias is like little indie game that's came out of nowhere over the past few months. I think you, I think you keep forgetting Fall Guys. Uh, Fall Guys... Still die. It's still high. It's, still, it's still high. It's not made by a small team. Among Us was made by three people. D-Nighter was made by one person. Fall Guys was made by Mediatonic, which is a, a, a company of like a hundred people. Like, I'm... <laughs> I'm celebrating like these two tiny little games, like made by like teams of less than three people. <laughs> oh, the Phasmophobia one—that is even more impressive. That he has no formal development training. That is impressive. I'll give him that. Hats off to you. It is a bit clunky, but it was a fun game when I played it's it. Early access. See, this is this is the difference between Phasmophobia and Fallout seventy six. Phasmophobia can get away with being clunky and janky because it's in early access. <laughs> it's not finished whereas Fallout 76 wasn't finished but they didn't say it was in early access so can't get away with being janky and clunky like yeah it's a great game um, tremendous okay. game I still the idea of just this one the, again it's similar to the Among Us thing where it's like this is one person who's just made a game and he's just like cool I'm going to release it on early access I'll do a few updates for it and then I'll be like yeah cool it's finished and then I'll just use that money to make my next game and then it's just like oh wait everybody's playing this <laughs> oh dear oh no wow look is that my bank balance 
Oh shit. <laughs> Capitalism is good, ladies and gentlemen. No, it's not. Shut up. But um fast with Fabio is though. Fun guy. Can't deny that. If capitalism was good, Phasmophobia would make as much as Activision made on microtransactions in the last three months. And yes, it is a fun game. Um, Amy, the forever, the forever kill buzz, ladies and gentlemen, the forever buzz kill. I'm not. I'm sitting here talking about how great this like single person development <clears throat> game is. And, then you bring your and you're the one that brought up capitalism. You want to talk about a buzzkill? It, it's not as if it was that. If capitalism was that good, it would have made this. I've muted you. Activision has done even more. I oh know my god, I can't mute me. you. Okay, I'm just turning your volume <laughs> on. Oh. I've turned your volume all the way down. Which is exactly the same thing. <laughs> that, what? What was that? <laughs> Are you gonna behave now? That's fifty-fifty. Okay. That's up for the bit. Yes, I think this is a good game, and I am really happy for D Night. Soma, congratulations! Like the Among Us devs, he has made a lot more money than than he anticipated in twenty twenty. Just like the Fall Guys have. Congratulations to all of them. Congratulations to all the developers. It's not the developers I have problems with. <laughs> like, developers are great. That's why I follow like a thousand of them on Twitter. <laughs> That's not a made-up number either. Um... Bill Spencer. Oh, I'm sorry. Do you want to run this podcast? Get done faster, but you're really testing my patience today, Marie. It's been a long, hard week, and I don't appreciate this. I've had a long, hard week as well, but I just gotta stay as positive as I can. There's nothing we can do about it. Let's keep moving forward, one step at a time, one day at a time, ladies and gentlemen. We will get through this. So support each other. Phil Spencer calls for more diverse leaders in games. This is from Marie D'Alessandri over at GamesIndustry.biz, who writes, Xbox head Phil Spencer has said both Microsoft and the entire industry should focus on increasing the number of visible leaders from underrepresented communities. During an interview with Kotaku, Spencer was asked... During an interview with Kotaku, Spencer was asked to follow up on Microsoft CEO Satya Nadella's... You know... Can you hear me now? I don't want to say I'm reading a semi-serious news story and you're doing a dancing Bulbasaur bit. <laughs> However... Can, can you hear me? Yeah. Okay, so that's alright then. <laughs> Let's try that again. Xbox head Phil Spencer has said both Microsoft and the entire industry should focus on increasing the number of visible leaders from underrepresented communities. During an interview with Kotaku, Spencer was asked to follow up on Microsoft CEO Satya Nadella's statement from June in which he committed to address racial injustice and inequality at the company. One of Nadella's goals was to, quote, double the number of black and African-American people managers, senior individual contributors, and senior leaders by 2025 in its U.S. offices. 
When asked about the lack of black people in games, in particular in leadership positions, Spencer reiterated Microsoft's commitment. Quote, The area where I think we really need to focus more as an industry, including my own team, are, as you said, those visible leaders. Because there was a generation where this didn't happen. End quote. He added that looking at the people who made it to the top at Microsoft, you get a lot of people like him, meaning my white men. Quote, And we don't need more people like me in our organization, he continued. We need a more diverse team, so I'd say for our focus right now, I think about manager representation. Spencer also addressed the role big companies like Microsoft have to play in the industry when it comes to inclusion, saying it should be a platform for all creators with different perspectives represented. Quote, When you talk also about the representation in our games and in the industry and the role that we have as Microsoft, I think about the fact that we're a $1.5 trillion market cap company in the games industry. We should be a platform for all creators from different perspectives who can help each of us that are playing these games learn through the lived experience of their creators, end quote. Spencer also discussed Milan Lee, a former Microsoft employee who left the company following its alleged failure to address racism within the management of its Mixer streaming service. Quote, Where we start is the makeup of our teams, he said. What is it? And not just from how are our numbers in terms of representation, but the inclusion factor of our teams. How does it feel to work here? What's your lived experience? We have work to do. I have work to do in that. You can look at the Milan Lee situation and the conversations he and I had in June. And, you know, PR won't love that I bring those things up in conversation. I think it's important that we are forthright and open about the lived experience of everybody on our team. And we are reaching the goals that we have for ourselves. And we have work to do in that space. End quote. I'm waiting for you to speak. <laughs> This is fantastic. This is what we want to hear. This is like big corporations coming through, wanting to change and diversify in any ways they can possible, and everything. And this is a great idea. This is what we want to. This is what we want to see. So I agree. And he talks about top to bottom as well, which I like. It's not just well. Let's have make sure we have X amount of percentage of the people who work here be African American or female or non-binary or what you know whatever it is it's like he talks about having that but also having that throughout all levels of the company and also making sure that not only are the people there but that their working conditions are good unlike the Milan Lee situation that you mentioned and then also making sure that they have the opportunity to contribute to whatever team that they're on and then also going even the step further and saying like okay cool but we also need to be a place for creators as well so then he you talk about like games, like Eichenfell, which you know we talked about on the weekly review a couple of weeks ago. It's a game that I didn't really enjoy from a gameplay perspective, but like in terms of like the representation in that game, it's like one of the gayest games I've ever played in my life. It's fantastic, like, and that's in. It's not an Xbox game, but it's in Game Pass, so it's reaching a lot of Xbox gamers. And as it turns out, I actually follow a couple of develop the developers on Twitter, and um, which I didn't know until the game came out, but. Like, seeing them be able to express themselves through a game that's in that Xbox ecosystem, thanks to its release on Game Pass, which is like, it's inclusion and diversity in the game, but it's those lived experiences that Phil's talking about, where it's like, they are telling their lived experiences through this game, 
and the game is more authentic because they've lived that journey. Which is fucking yeah. fantastic. And we import games like that. That's true, yeah. Need to be more diverse. They need to be di- uh, getting other people to speak and everything. And that's what's the most important thing about it. Yeah. You gotta do the right thing. Everyone's voice matters. Yeah, so it's not just like Phil here is paying lip service to the idea of diversity and representation inside his company. He's saying all of the things that make a lot of sense. Mm-hmm. And there's another 10 dislikes from Chuds. <laughs> but uh, no, it's like, it's fun. It's great we here. Wear from... them like a badge of honor, ladies I, I love them. You know what? It's engagement. Thanks. Yeah. So thank you, I guess. But uh, no, like it's it's nice to hear from a platform holder like this kind of stuff as well. Because yeah. like, we've had plenty of news stories this past decade, well, probably. Um, where it's like we, you'll see, like I think we laughed. I can't remember which company it was where they were like, "We're going to increase our the women in our workforce by X percent," and it was like, "Oh, so you're going to put it up to like ten percent or whatever it was." Pretty sure that was Blizzard. Yeah, and it's just like that's pathetic. <laughs> Like, but like Phil talks about all of the different aspects of it in a way that he understands, but he also understands that he is also the white man in the room. Oh, definitely, yeah. I just hope like everyone needs to realize this is a thing that's going to take time. It's it, it, sadly things not going to change over time. Things are not going to change like that as fast as a Thanos snap can be. It's not going to change things as fast as we want it to be. We just have to be patient as long as we see the up the, up, the, the direction going in that direction for yeah. us, for the diversity okay. and everything like that. That is what matters and everything like that. And if they hit their goal by 2025, they have kept their promise. And by 2025, if this podcast is still going and I'm still on it, probably not after today's episode, um, we'll be celebrating saying Phil Spencer kept their promise. That is what matters here. That is fantastic. They, Microsoft have diversified in such a great way, which is what we all want to see. Hopefully, this is going to be a knock-on effect to the rest of the companies in the industry to say, we need more diversity. We need more people of colour. We need more Spaniards. We need more women. We need more Asian people, Muslim people. The whole shebang diversify will make your games even more better because when you brainstorm these games, the amount of things that could come from it is going to be amazing like it makes like now like talking about it from from the perspective of uh how is how did phil word it making it a platform for all creators um like talking about it just from that perspective like i'll give you an example there's um a couple of my favorite games of the last few years um in terms of like horror games were made by a taiwanese game developer um red candle games they made devotion and they made detention uh they're really really good really scary games but they're also really interesting because they made they made by taiwanese game developers set in taiwan during significant historical events in taiwan that i don't know about because hey look in history in in lessons in the uk barely teaches about english history Never mind the rest of the world. They're fucking shocking. Shockingly bad. Um, but, like, they're they're fascinating in so many different ways. And they're scary in so many different ways. Because 
it's from a, it comes from a completely different culture. Now imagine like an industry where like it wasn't just eighty percent white dudes with big muscles and chainsaws on the end of their guns. That was a really specific reference. That last part, just forget I said that part. But um, you know, you know what I mean. Like imagine if it wasn't. Imagine if like the lead of the next big action game was a Muslim woman. And like how like different that game could be and how interesting that game could be because it brings a different perspective into that game. Yep. And that's not even getting to like the more thoughtful games that aren't action games. Yep. We see it like a, like one of the biggest diversify or making very unique and interesting games from all perspectives is Don't Nod. Don't Nod have done a really good like their Life is Strange one, the first two seasons were based, well, not the, the first season and their prequel to that was about lesbian relationship, a gay late relationship, which was fantastic and it was very well done and very well written. And then the second season was about a, a, a two brothers trying to survive, running away from a, a murder that might have happened. A little spoilers there, I do apologize for anyone who hasn't seen it. Let it go and check it out, season two is fantastic. Um, but it's also a more of a, a racial thing as well and a political thing but they do it in such a great way that is that you just go wow type of mentality and that's the thing it's not it's not whacking you on the head with it which is fantastic and seasons and the like and tell me why was an absolutely fantastic story as well they don't whack you over the head about about the certain things that happen in the story or anything like that but it's there and it's brilliantly told and i love that about it yeah, so like, just imagine if like there were more Eichenfelds on Game Pass, like more of these cool games with their, their with their lived experiences being told through the medium of a wacky fantasy RPG. Okay, it doesn't have to be a wacky fantasy RPG, but you get the point. Like, yeah. it can be anything you want. Like, that's cool. That's good. And well, more of that. that. Sorry, one of the things that I love so much about when we you and me and Keith played Monster Camp. Uh, was that my character was literally just a fiery hot uh, female character who's literally trying to hook up with the big muscly female character and I love that I was just like I love it I wanted this I have to have this so that's fantastic and I loved it and it was such a great dynamic as well oh yeah Monster Prom's got amazing Monster characters Prom, Monster Camp, Monster, it is Monster it's Monster Camp um, same thing they, 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 the characters are amazing I love them I will protect them at all costs. And I didn't care that I was a person who was just... I'm a straight guy, ladies and gentlemen. I admit that. I'm not anything like that. And But, but playing it as a... Playing in that dynamic was very unique. And I was just like, I'm going for this. Why the hell not type of mentality? I was like, I'm going for this. I am going to hook up with this big, muscly female. And I'm going to... I'm going to get some <laughs> type of mentality. As far as I didn't get some, ladies and gentlemen. Crush me, mommy. <laughs> She turned, me down. she turned me down. Keith got some, no. Keith got some. Um, I did as well. Did you? Yeah. And again, did like you to your you? point, I am in no way a straight woman, but hey, you know what? Damien's cool. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and he's just a fun character. They my all favorite are. characters are some are mostly. My favorite movie characters are female characters. Ellen Ripley, Linda, ha- uh, Sarah Connor, uh, Princess Leia, those are, those for me are the holy trinity of female heroines out there. 
that anybody would love to have as any representation for anybody. And that, that's the that's the bar that I think when it comes to storytelling that you should hit when it comes to the emotional attachments you get with those characters and everything. If you do something that's just going to whack in a, a certain thing over their head for a lot of people, that's gonna that's not that's gonna have the anti effect for them, and we don't want that. Yeah, it depends how it's done. Oh, I agree with you there. Because sometimes it really is a case of you need to pick someone up by the scruff of the neck and go, "Look, are you fucking looking?" <laughs> like, oh yeah, I agree there. Stop ignoring this. I mean, we hell, we as a podcast have been embodying that for the past few months. Definitely. <laughs> I don't know if it's by the scruff of their necks or if it's just by the fucking by big fat heads. <laughs> We've been grabbing them. But, that's for sure. It is definitely something. But yeah, it's like representation is bet- better than it has been ever in gaming in terms of both the games that are being made and the people who work in it. And the people who work around it as well in terms of like content creation and streamers. But, uh, you know, it can be better. And... I feel like that will probably always be true. Um, For a long time. But as long as it keeps getting better. In our lifetime, probably. As long as it keeps getting better. That's all that matters. I want to see this. Not this. Or definitely not this. No. This only. Less PewDiePie's more Alana Pierce's. Let's do some game announcements. Yes. Let's do some game announcements. Uh, we have some reveals. Ratchet and Clank Rift Apart is going to be a PS5 exclusive, which I believe is the first Sony Studios game that is a PS5 exclusive. I believe so, yeah, because Mars Brass Cross. Um, Sackboy not and Demon Souls. Horizon. Demon Souls, yeah, I guess. All right, I'll let you off. Blue point, they own Blue Point, I believe. Yeah, Demon Souls. And the own... And- and they own the Demon Souls IP, so... Demon Souls isn't going to be as big a seller as those other four. Um, Vampire the Masquerade Battle Royale game coming in 2021. I thought we were over this. I thought we were done with this now. I'm curious <laughs> on your thoughts on this. Are we not done with this? Like, is this... I thought we'd stop turning everything into a Battle Royale. Nah, man. I thought this was nah. a joke. When I, when I opened up Twitter, I was like, oh, good meme. <laughs> when I thought, I was thinking, that's got to be a joke. Exactly, right? Oh, it's, not, it's not a joke. No, it's not a joke. Oh, it's literally coming. Amy's like, she's going to be like, what the hell? Or she's going to be like, I'm breaking the world. <laughs> There's a way it can be done. We'll see when the game comes out. I'm not optimistic, but I'll give it a shot. That fight was delayed, Amy. <sighs> the Dark Pictures Anthology House of Ashes coming in 2021. We've got to um, set up a date for the second balloon. Yeah, I'll talk to you about that after the podcast because, yeah. Um, but yeah, like, this is standard. I imagine there's a teaser for this at the end of Little Hope because there was a teaser for Little Hope at the end of Man of Intent. Probably, yeah. Um, a Lone Survivor remake coming to PC and Nintendo Switch next year. Super excited. Lone Survivor is a fantastic horror game that nobody's heard. I won't lie, I haven't any. I'm sorry. Do you forgive me? Yes. Thank you. Do I get the do I get the return next week? Yes. Yay! A League of Legends RPG Ruined King launches in early 2021 on PC, PS4, Xbox One, and Nintendo Switch. League of Legends is going to bring something eventually to the console. Yeah. Um, it's not going to surprise if we when we eventually hear that the game itself, the full game League of Legends, come to consoles. Um, it'll be the main consoles. It'll be, it'll be PlayStation Five and Xbox One. 
yeah. Series X, but that's how it adds. I truly believe that's going to happen eventually. Anyway, it depends. It's a very complicated game. I tried playing it once. Oh, um, I don't deny what you're saying there. I do not deny. Uh, last one, Warhammer Age of Sigmar Timefall, coming to VR platforms in 2021. Got a few release dates. I don't think there's anything that's particularly on my radar, but I'll, you know, fair play to whoever likes this stuff. World of Warcraft Shadowlands new release date is November 23rd, because it was delayed uh, earlier in the year. Commandos... In the, in, the, in the fantasy draft, just in case. Sorry? Did Keith pick this one in the fantasy? No, fantasy his last game, game was Hyrule Warriors: Age of Calamity. And then when I was like, "Why did you pick Demon Souls?" He went, "Ah, oh, I should have picked Demon Souls." And I was like, <laughs> "He's like, yeah, yeah." It should still, it'll still score pretty well. Uh, Commandos Two launches December fourth on Nintendo Switch. That's a remaster of uh, Commandos Two. Blood Rain One and Two remastered launches November twentieth on PC. Keith really liked those games. So he'll be happy about that. Animal Farm launches December 10th on PC and mobile. Uh, with delays, I can't remember if we did this one last week or not. So I'm just going to do it again. Uh, Far Cry 6 and Rainbow Six Quarantine have both been delayed. I think we talked about it on the review podcast, but I don't think it was on the main podcast. And Everspace 2's early access launch has been delayed to January 2021 to avoid the Cyberpunk launch. If that's alright. Well, what's up? Uh, Ubisoft also delayed another game. I had no idea it was actually in development, which has been pushed for the film to come out next year, and that's Avatar. Okay. I had no idea Ubisoft were doing an Avatar game. Avatar. Yeah, I remember all that stuff coming out now. Ubisoft yep. doing an Avatar game. Did Avatar come out like 2009? Yep. End up releasing this game for the sequel in 2022. No, 2020. 2020. Yeah, 2022. 20, yeah. Yeah, because yeah, it was meant to be coming next year, and then Disney went, nah, we don't like Moody, so we're going to push you. Believe it when I see it. Um, well, it's getting filmed, so. It's been getting filmed for years. Um, free-ish. About a year, actually. Free-ish games. Uh, free on Epic this week, Dungeons 3, until November 12th. Go grab that. It is completely free, no subscriptions required. Games is gold for November. Aragami Shadow Edition and Full Spectrum Warrior on November 1st. Great games, both of them. Absolutely love both of those games. Uh, and on November 16th, you get Lego Indiana Jones, The Original Adventures, and Swim Sai. Uh, PlayStation Now games on November 3rd, so that already happened. But these are the new PlayStation Now games for November. Rage 2, Injustice 2, F1 2020, My Time at Porsche, and Warhammer Vermintide 2. I've played three of those games. I've played four of those games, and three of them are excellent. Uh, in other news, some weird stuff. Dragon Quest XI Definitive Edition gets a free 10-hour demo on PlayStation 4, Xbox One, and Nintendo Switch. So if you want to check out check out Dragon Quest XI, you get like 10 hours um, on a console on a demo, and the, the progress transfers over if you decide to get the full game. Uh, awesome Games Done Quick schedule has been revealed, uh, and it's going to run from January 3rd to January 10th. It's going to be online again, uh, like the Summer Games Done Quick. Friday the 13th has just gotten its final patch. It's shutting down dedicated servers in November, because they lost the license to Friday the 13th. Uh, and Gears Pop is closing down on April in April 2021. 
really brings into question game ownership. <laughs> Just <laughs> Those a last bit, two. Yeah. Where it's like, well, I bought and paid for the game, but I won't be able to play, play it. Well, well, right now, when it comes to Friday the 13th in general, the license is like in a huge legal battle right now. So yeah. it's That's like... why the game is shutting down. Cause yeah. I'm guessing the, people, the, the person they were hoping would win it has not won it. Unfortunately. It's a shame as well because I bought that game. I wanted, to, I wanted to play it with Phil because we both love Friday the 13th, but we never got around to it and then forgot. I think we both forgot we owned it. <laughs> we it owned like, you, right? Yeah, kind of. And now we just play Among Us every Saturday instead. So, <laughs> In the end, those are very similar things. <laughs> that's true, yeah. That's true. Um, we've got a content drop. We've got three articles for you to read. Um couple of games industry not biz articles the first one saved by morrowind striving for starfield todd howard and the story of bethesda i did a talk at develop online um about all sorts of bethesda things it's quite interesting um to give to give it a read whatever your thoughts of todd howard are i know i say there are, i know there's a wide spectrum of opinion as far as todd howard goes um the second one is the games industry open to working class people which with a question mark at the end which is a fascinating article to read as a working class person <laughs> uh the last one's just interesting to go through it's just fun to go through the political donations of top video game execs over at kotaku so like you, there's a bunch of video game executives and you can see who they donated money to uh in america yeah. Yeah, we know one of them was Activision. Oh, the but yeah. of, Activision. of course, Bobby Kotick didn't donate it to like, all the Republicans. Because he sucks. <laughs> but now, ladies and gentlemen, it's now for the games of next It's week. Moody's 15 minutes of fame, because that's probably how long this is going to take. <laughs> November 10th, the release of the Xbox Series 1, X, or Series X and S. Along with that will be the games like Assassin's Creed Valhalla, PC, PlayStation 4, the Series X and S, Xbox One, and Stadia. Become Eivor, a, a Viking Raider raised to be a fearless warrior and lead your clan from icy de desolations in no Norway to a new home amidst the luscious farmlands of 9th century England. Find your settlement and conquer his host this hostile land by any means to earn a place in Valhalla. England is the age of the Vikings, is struck is fractured nations of petty lords and warring kingdoms breathe. Beneath the chaos lies a rich and untamed land waiting for new conquerors. Yakuza like a dragon, PC, PlayStation 4. The SXS and Xbox One. I just found my my money. Become Ishiban Kazuga, I think. A low-ranking Yakuza grunt left on the brink of death by the man he trusted most. Take up your legendary bat and get ready to crack some underworld skulls in a dynamic RPG combat set against the backdrop of modern-day Japan. Destiny 2 Beyond Light, PC, the PlayStation 4, Xbox Series X, and S, and the Xbox One. <clears throat> a new power is born out of the ancient pyramid ship above Europa's frozen frontier, and a dark empire has risen beneath. 
in Destiny 2 Beyond Light, join your fellow guardians and break down the Empire at any cost. And even if it means weeding the darkest. It's the weeding the darkness itself. Fusia, PC, PlayStation 4, Xbox One, and Nintendo Switch. From the careers of rock band and dance central, welcome to Fusia, a non-stop digital musical festival where you control the music and share it with the world. Uh, Planet Coaster, console edition, PlayStation 4, Series X and S, and Xbox One. This is Planet Coaster console edition. Unleash your vision using simple yet powerful creation tools. Control every aspect of your park with a fun management features and share any design manageable online. Sakuna of Rice and Ruin, I think. Uh, PC, PlayStation 4, and Nintendo Switch. Fuck Xbox, basically. <laughs> Discover the true power of Rice in Sakuna of Rice and Ruin. Take on hordes of demons in side-scrolling combat to reclaim the land of Sakuna. A spoiled harvest goddess banished to a dangerous island, then return to your mountain village and tend to the f- to, to a field full of glorious rice. Uh, Tetris Effect Connect PC uh, Series X and S and Xbox One. Fuck PlayStation. Now with an all-new co-op and competitive online and local multiplayer mods, this is Tetris, like you've never seen it or heard of it or felt it before. An incredible, addictive, unique, and breathtaking, gorgeous reinvention of one of the most popular puzzle games of all time. Ports launching with Xbox Series X and the Series S. Borderlands 3, Bright Memory, Dead by Daylight, Destiny 2, Devil May Cry 5, Special Edition, Dirt 5, Evergate, Fortnite... Forza Fort Horizon 4, Gears 5, Gears Taxes, Grounded, Manny Air, Manifold, Garden, NBA 2K21, Observer, System Redux, Ori and the Willow and the West, Sea of Thieves, The Falconeer, Warhammer, Watch Dogs Legion, and WRC9. Nothing is coming in November 11th. That's the day off for you, ladies and gentlemen. November 12th, if you are in America, obviously the PlayStation 5 releases. Yeah, I'm a bit thinking about the PS5 games because they're all still listed as November 12th, like at retailers in the UK. So, like, I just left them. Because they're coming to PlayStation 4, so, yeah. yeah. I just left them. Like, I don't know whether the PS5 games are going to come out the week later or not, but I just left them in. Sorry, I am, I am listening. I'm reading EA's press release for its uh, quarterly finance <laughs> statement. Okay. Make money, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> Marvel Spider-Man, Miles Morales, PlayStation 5, and the PlayStation 4. In the latest adventure of Marvel's Spider-Man universe, teenager Miles Morales is in adjusting to his new home while following in the footsteps of his mentor, Peter Parker. As a new Spider-Man, but when fierce power struggles, threatens to destroy his new home, the inspiring hero realizes that with great power, there must also come great responsibility. To save all Marvel's New York City, uh, Miles must take up the mantle of Spider-Man and own it. 
Demon's Souls for the PlayStation 5. From PlayStation Studios on Bluepoint Games comes the re a remake of a PlayStation classic. Demon's Souls entirely rebuilt from the ground up and masterfully enhanced. This remake introduces the horrors of a fog-laid dark fantasy land to a whole new generation of gamers. Call of Duty! Black Ops Go Cold War, PC, PlayStation 5, the PlayStation 4, Series X and X, and Xbox One. Black Ops Cold War drops you into a volatile ge geopolitical battle of the early 1980s in a gripping single-player campaign where players will come face-to-face -face face -face with historical figures and hard truths as they battle around the globe through the icons, locals, uh, like East Berlin, Vietnam, Turkey, Soviet KGB headquarters, and more. Sackboy, a big adventure, the PlayStation 5 and PlayStation 4. Iconic PlayStation hero Sackboy bursts back into breathtaking action with a huge, fun, and frantic 3D pla multiplayer platform platforming adventure and a whole new edgy sackitude. Okay. Astro's Playroom PlayStation 5, already on the PlayStation 5, it's instantly installed. <clears throat> From the team behind the critically acclaimed PlayStation VR adventure, uh, Astro Bot Rescue Missions comes a brand new platformer preloaded on your PlayStation 5 console. Explore four worlds, each one showcasing innovative gameplay using uh, the new and versatile features of the PlayStation 5 DualSense wireless controller. The game is free for all PlayStation 5 console users and, de and is designed to be enjoyed by gamers and families alike. It's not really free as you're buying the console to get it. But okay, uh, Bug Snacks PC, PlayStation 5, and the PlayStation 4. Bug Snacks is the new horror game out there that Amy believes and will be the future 2020 game of the year. But for all of that, it takes on the whimsical adventure to Sakatooth Island, I think, home of the legendary half book. Whatever. Half bug, half snack. Thank you, though. Half bug, half snacks creatures. Bug snacks invited by interpret explorers Elizabeth Megafig. I think you arrive to discover your host nowhere to be found, her camp in shambles, and her followers scattered across the island alone and hungry. Uh, almost there, ladies and gentlemen. The Pathless PC, PlayStation 5, PlayStation 4, and iOS explore a new world, an, an open world, and travel to a mystical island to dispel a curse of darkness that grips the world. Together with your eagle companion, discover the history of the island and fight epic battles to restore light to the land. Godfall PC and PlayStation 5 uh, embark on an adventure in a fantasy action RPG that utilizes high impact third person melee combat to engage players as they hunt for loot don legendary armor sets and defeat vicious enemies face challenging missions that reward you with head turning loot as you vanquish the armies that stand against you Dance, Just Dance 2021 PlayStation 4, the Xbox One, Nintendo Switch, and Stadia. Fuck the next generation. Just Dance 2021 is the ultimate dance game with 40 hot new tracks from chart-topping hits like Don't Don't Stop Don't 
don't start now. Uh, feel special. Senorite, I think. Um, Senorita. Oh, Senorita, whatever. Uh, start. Thank you, though. Uh, start a dance party your friends and family can enjoy. I'm not a music person. Um, Kingdom Hearts Melee of Memory, PlayStation 4, Xbox One, and Nintendo Switch. Again, fuck the next generation. Play as... Uh, Play as familiar faces from the Kingdom Hearts series, including Disney's guest characters who will appear to lend you a hand. Enjoy a massive variety of music from both the Kingdom Hearts series and Disney. With a collection of over 140 songs, dive into the rhythm and action adventure with memorable tunes in this can't-miss musical journey. Ports launching with the PlayStation 5, Assassin's Creed Valhalla, Borderlands 3, Destiny 2, Destiny 2 Beyond Light, Devil May Cry 5 Special Edition, Dirt 5, NBA 2K21, Observer System Reduck, Planet Coaster Console Edition, and Watch Dogs Legion. Yeah, I put those ports launching with the consoles thing in there because otherwise you'd be on for only like 20 minutes. <laughs> Like I was alright. Yeah, no, it was good. Yeah, like I didn't. I, I feel like you didn't need to read the, the store description for Borderlands Three <laughs> again, because um, that game came out a, a, a set number of months and all years ago. Um, a lot of games coming out next week, Moody. <laughs> yes, there is a lot of games indeed. Um. God, I'd hate to run a podcast about playing video games next week. That would be awful. <laughs> uh, let's play Open Critic true. Head to Head. <laughs> uh, this is a game myself and Moody play every single week where we try to guess the upcoming Open Critic average there we go, of one upcoming game. Whoever guesses closest to the Open Critic score gets one point. If you manage to guess the score completely correctly, you get two points. The game... That we tried to guess. Sorry, I'm just updating it because I noticed it changed. The game we tried to guess the open critic average of last week was Dirt Five. I tried to guess. I guessed it would get an open critic average of 84. Mooney guessed it would get an open critic average of 85. And at the time of recording, Dirt Five has an open critic average of 81. Had I known that Yakuza Seven review embargo was going to be up this week, you're damn sure I would have would have picked that game instead. But here we are. That leaves the current scores at Amy, 21, Moody, 18. You know what? I'm not going to read the full list of games like I normally do. I'm going to save that for, like, a special occasions now. At the end of the year, in December. <laughs> yeah, probably, yeah, because there's, what, 21, 30, 39, plus three draws, 42 games <laughs> we've guessed <laughs> so far. Um, only a handful left though. This week, as you can probably tell by Moody's Games Out Next Week segment, didn't have a lot of games to choose from. <laughs> We're going to guess the open critic average of Spider-Man, Miles Morales. Spider-Man, Spider-Man, Spider-Man. Launching on the PC5, PS5. Da 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 da
Miles is the best. Where's my spider going game? Nobody. Where's my spider going game? I don't know. I think people are very. I think people, even though people like you got the gamers out there and podcasts go to, it's not a full game mentality and all like that. It's just a spin off type of mentality. It's just DLC. Oh, like that. Our game DLC. That's a good idea. That's good ass DLC for me. Um, it's on the cheaper end. Kinda. <laughs> I mean, depending on which version you get here. <laughs> I think I think it's gonna get very critically very well done. Spider Man. I think it's gonna be in the eighties. Interesting. I'm wearing the same as Dirt Five last week. Eighty five. Mooney is guessing Spider-Man Miles Morales will get an 85. I think it will not rate as high as Marvel's Spider-Man, which is at 88 on open credit. Yeah. I see your 85. And I raise you... (laughs) No, I'm not doing that again. And I raise you... One, PS5 launch title complete with all of the next generation enhancements on that sweet, sweet sound and dual sense controller. And I think it's going to get a 92. Wow. Amy's batting high today. I just think about the the core gameplay of Spider-Man, which I loved. It's like one of my, only my second ever ever platinum trophy. (laughs) Um, like as I am doing the, like the using the fast travel for Watchdogs, and I'm like, oh, Spider-Man, no, I would never. You do ne- that. I never fast. I did it once. No, I did it yeah. five times. There was a trophy for it, and I did it the number of times I needed to get the trophy. Yeah, great. <laughs> and I liked the cutscenes, oh, like yeah, where it's just Spider-Man fun. on the subway, like looking at his phone or whatever. Like I liked it; it was cool. But no, you just swing everywhere. But like I, I combine that with everything I've heard about the dual sense. And I'm like, I think it might not necessarily be the game itself, like by itself that would get a 92. I feel like when you combine it with how good the dual sense is in combination with that. And I feel like most people or most outlets are going to be reviewing this on PS5 hardware. Oh, hell yeah. Um, People who have PlayStation 5s now, we'll all have this on PlayStation 5. Yeah, 100%. Like, I mean, the reviews for the, this, I'd be very surprised if they don't start coming out probably over the weekend, or if not early next week. We'll, I mean, we'll be doing a contrast on our weekly review because you'll be getting it on PS4 and I'll be getting it on PS5, and we yeah. can contrast well, the two versions. Like, Amy, yours is faster. Get over it. <laughs> you'll be like, "Oh man, the loading screens," and I'll be like, "What's a loading screen?" Yeah, I'll be like, <laughs> like me, Amy. <laughs> yeah, it's like 2021. Like all my third-party games are gonna be like PS5. <laughs> <laughs> like yeah, everything is gonna be on PS5, um, but yeah, 92. Like I feel like the technology behind the dual sense and how it interacts with the gameplay is what's gonna push it um, up. Otherwise, I'd be around about for, that, for the console. For that's for for the console though. For me, that that means they're reviewing the console again. So I'm like, that shouldn't be part of it. No, nah, it's like when I talked about Half Life Alex, right? It was like I reviewed the 
how the VR technology interacted with the game world. And I feel like it, it as long as it's specific, it's all right, it's fine. Like that's what they'll do. Like hopefully. And hey, it might be that. Rooting that this game is going to be great. It's going to be great even, either way. Like, number, yeah. Whatever number it gets here, if it's 85, that's fantastic. If it's in the 90s, that is stupendous. <laughs> I, I bottled it, though. Because I went on Open Critic and I was like, okay. Hades is on a 93. Last, Last of Us Part 2 is on a 93. I'm like, it's not. It's not going to get that high. Like, I bottled saying it's going to be just as critically well-received as Hades on The Last of Us Part 2. Um, I mean, my game of the year is... Neither of those games. So... That's it. We're done. Sorry. I was about to, like, leap headfirst into the next section of the podcast. And I was like, wait, there are no more sections of the podcast. We're done. That's the post-show. We're done. We're in the post-show. The post-show. 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 I can't even remember why we started this. <laughs> like, why did we start just chatting at the end of podcasts? Because we chat a lot at the beginning as well, so we're just like... Yeah, we'll let's just keep it going. End. Yeah. Like, I don't really have anything specific to watch there to talk about. Like, you know... I have I games know. I want to talk about, but I have a podcast for that. <laughs> uh, um, like, I've been playing a lot of games today. Um, and last night... That I'll be bringing up on the uh, on the old weekly review. You should check that out every Monday. YouTube.com slash Words About Games UK or podcast service of your choice. We sit down and we just review games together. It's great. I love it. Yeah, I really enjoy our review show. I think it's a lot of fun. Just chilling, relaxing, <laughs> just talking about games and everything like that, which is fun. It's so much. It's so much better than trying to crank out a like six seven minute review um do you remember how i bought had to buy amnesia rebirth um for the yes. for the podcast uh to to play it and do it because you know i was always gonna play it because i love amnesia and it's a great game um they sent me a code like two days ago <laughs> for it and i was like so i was like uh yeah cool um I've already played I'm, it. I'm good. I've I've played it. I've finished it. I've reviewed it. Like you can keep it. It's fine. <laughs> oh, I'll take it. <laughs> it uh, I already declined it. Um, because I thought because I would have thought of you, but I I I thought you bought it. I've with, returned it because Epic's not working, is it? Oh, of so course, this... yeah. No, because I remember you buying it with the ten pound uh, yeah. ten pound voucher, um, which I never yeah. used. I never used my ten pound voucher because. I was going to buy Bug Snacks with it. And then they were like, Bug Snacks is going to be a PS Plus game on PS5. And I was like, well, I'm going to have a PS5, so <laughs> I'll just get it on that. And then I was like, what do I want to buy? Like, And then I was looking through games, and I was like, well, Red Lantern's cool, and I might play that and then review that, or Ghost Runner might play and review that. And then I realized I was looking at the Epic Game Store, and I was like, I'm just spending money because I have this voucher. And then I just didn't spend anything. Yeah, what would it have been on Steam? Uh, yes. Oh, Epic. Well, just I mean, you would have been. On... Could have played it on Steam. Is it on Steam? I think it's on Steam. I bought it on GOG, so. Yes, it is on Steam. Um, yeah, but I bought a bunch of PS4 games because um, the review show this week, like there were no, there were new games that came out this week. But I don't think there's anything you were going to play, and I don't think there's anything I was going to play. 
Mm-hmm. So my so our review show this week is basically going to be um, Phasmophobia, which is an early access. Little hope if we can figure out a time to play it. And then what I've done is I the PS4 like it was so it was such a great time and I was like do you remember what I was saying to you in a text message where I was yeah. like all right cool I'm gonna um there's some games that came out on consoles this year that were out on PC last year and I want to review them but only if like they're like game of the year eligible like because otherwise I'll just play them but I won't review them and he yeah. was like what's we came down with the verdict of that that's fine basically as long as I haven't played them before so cool and then uh, I went to I went on the PlayStation store this morning <laughs> and I was like cool I've got a list of games I want to buy one of these games and then I went on and that game was on sale and I was like oh cool let me have a look at some of the other games I've got on this list and then the second one I had a look searched of and that one was on sale as well <laughs> So I was like, all right, cool. I'm just going to get these two games. <laughs> like, And I'll just review these two games on top of all the other ones. So I spent the morning playing Superliminal. Um, and I'm going to play it on... And I'm going to play at some point over the weekend. I'm going to play Telling Lies. On PS4. I haven't really played much right now. I, uh, I played a little bit more of Kato. Um, I'm past the part that uh, I got stuck by. Um... I've played a little bit more Watch Dogs, but I haven't played much. I have, apart from Phasmophobia, I haven't really played anything of real That's significance fine. so far this year, this week. This year. This year. This year. <laughs> yeah, so, well, it's yeah. like, this This podcast is almost like a holiday. Um, yeah, next one might be a short one. <laughs> yeah, it's just going to be like, it's cool, I'm going to be reviewing these, ga- these games, but like, obviously, none of them are like, cutting edge, brand new releases, and they're like, for like the next two, three weeks, it's just going to be fucking bedlam. Expect special guests and <laughs> longer episodes and <laughs> tons true, of games yeah. to talk about. And then there's like this one really weird week where it's like the cool down week, right? Where it's like, okay, nothing's coming out. Everything else came out. So then it's like, okay, cool. I've got that list that I'm going to go back to of like, cool. I want to check out these games that I've missed. Yeah. Because I got all that up and I'll bring the last up. Um, also, yeah, in the last 12 months, right? And you'll probably see it. You were talking, you were probably reading about a game, and I just, I was like, scrolling through my phone, just went like that. Uh, in the last 12 months, their total net revenue is $5.5 billion. Um, they've been like th- three point something on microtransactions um in the 12 months like in the three months of the quarter that they were reporting on it's like a billion dollars on microtransactions um it literally the email came through while you were while i was sitting on the toilet (laughs) the irony the absolute irony Oh uh, yeah, like oh, yeah, yeah, I've got a little list here. So I've got Superliminal and Telling Lies on it, which I've bought and I'm playing. Paradise Killer, Little Misfortune, which is another one that came out on consoles this year, but was on PC last year. I want to pick that up. I said that one's funny because I saw my friend streaming it, and I'd never heard of it before. And I, my friend was streaming it because a viewer bought it for her. And I, I watched her. I watched her play like half an hour of it, and I was like, "Cool, I'm gonna bounce from this stream." 
And she was like, oh, you're busy? And I was like, no, it's because I'm going to play this. <laughs> like, I've watched you play half an hour of it. And I don't want to watch it anymore because I'm playing it. <laughs> uh, also, I've got uh, 13 Sentinels. Tell me why, which I'm going to play over Christmas. Um, and Florence. But I can play Florence whenever because it's like a hour-long game, I think. Um... Which is another one that came out on consoles this year, on PC last year. I really like this rule of me being able to pick up on console games from 2020. Because <laughs> I miss so many games that come out on PC because they came out at the same time as someone else. And then it's like, well, missed that. <laughs> yeah. And then you see it come out on like PS4 and it's like, what are the rules? But now I've got someone alongside me who's like, no, it's fine. And I'm like, excellent, because I really like these games. <laughs> I will always support anyone who likes games, so. Yeah. That's the main main thing for me, and that's so. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, but yeah, like, we've got a rough plan of the rest of 2020, which is cool. Um, and we've got a rough plan of the beginning of 2021, like. Disappointed not to be furloughed for four weeks. Because, <laughs> like, looking at this release schedule, it's like, if at any time, if there was any time, furlough would have been really helpful for me. <laughs> it would have been the next four weeks. <laughs> you couldn't get the option, could you not? Nah. Nah. Um, I am, unfortunately, my day job is continuing. However, ill advised or not, that is. Um, as long as you're safe, just you be safe. I mean, I'll do oh, the best that I can, you know? It's like... <laughs> Just say, yo, stay. Stay. Get out. Don't you dare come near me. <laughs> yeah, but I don't hey, like talking about... too close. I will punch you. <laughs> oh, that would be amazing. Um, I don't know if I get furloughed so much as fired, though. <laughs> Something F would happen. <laughs> Something beginning with F would happen. Yeah. And the net result would be I'd be fucked. Um... But yeah, no, like, if you haven't watched our review show podcast, um, you should. Um, they usually are on about an hour long. I think last week's was longer because there was a few bigger games that came out. And This week we're going to knock it down by, by 30 minutes. This week <laughs> is probably, yeah, it's going to be shorter. Um, and then the week after that it's going to be two hours, And then baby. the week after that, yeah. The week after that and the week after that and probably the week after that. Yeah. Um, But it's all good. Like, you should check it out. It's fun. Like, we... It, we don't. It's like not surface level, right? It's like we do dive into like specifics and of things that we like. It's a review, basically. It's just a yeah. review discussion. Um, and honestly, I prefer doing it to write in a video and edit in a video. And, and now that I've got the thing sorted, where I can just make the video play automatically in OBS with all of the rest of it, and not have to sp- like the week before. The weekly review, it took me like two hours to edit it. Um, and then last week, it took me like two minutes. <laughs> chopped the beginning off, I chopped the end off. I just made sure all of it worked and it did. And I was like, cool. It's good. Bam, we're off. Is that cha cha ching ching? Yeah. I have fun reviewing games and that, but like, it's an even more fun experience reviewing them with other people. Oh, definitely, yeah. Rather than... If it was just us. In my own... Yeah, rather than on my own, like, sitting there, like, writing away, like... 
my 1,300 like... words yeah. video script and then reading it out loud to myself. Greetings! <laughs> yeah. I'm happy I made the change. And I'm happy we get That's to... The one grinder. Yeah, like we had Keith on a couple of weeks ago as well, like testing out the multi-person thing and it worked well enough. Um, and then like we've got people provisionally booked in to talk about games in the f on future episodes. So. Uh, excuse me, sorry. Not no, it's honor, good. But... Um, we're probably about done anyway. Um, yeah. We've hit that time and I'm just waffling on about reviews <laughs> and how happy I am and how much more free time I have. Which I spend playing games <laughs> for the podcast. That is true. We went on a bit of a losing streak in NHL 21. Oh no! Um, I sent it's a picture. No, I sent a picture. I sent a photo to Phil. Like I just real, I just remembered. I sent a photo to Phil after one game because, uh, like, we we were chatting about it on the day, and then I got home. And I was like, I'm gonna unwind and play on NHL 21. And the first game I booted up, we lost 10-1. <laughs> that we, sounds like the Mighty Ducks. <laughs> we scored we first. first game, like 10-1, and then we scored first, back. and then it was just like, oh my god, it was a disaster. But uh, I haven't played it because I've sent it back to Boomerang because I just bought a copy. Um, because I need the space in my Boomerang queue for all the games coming out next week. So I like I haven't been able to play it for like the last day or two. Yeah. So I'm like that. It's coming tomorrow. <laughs> I need my I need to play my NHL game. Uh, yeah, <laughs> I'm gonna. I we need to start up. We'll do it offline. Yeah, we we'll do it. Because I need to. Basically, we need to get it done either tomorrow or Saturday. Yeah, I've got thoughts on that. But yeah, I want to play a little hope. Like, I want to like, if we can, um, next week. Well, I need to return it in time so I can probably get Valhalla next. Same. Week. <laughs> um, if if we need to, like, yeah, we need to do a post show discussion next week about how many more multiplayer games I've played this year compared, like, my entire life. I feel like. <laughs> yeah. But we'll sure. talk about that in another episode. That's been episode 231 of the Words About Games podcast. Thank you very much for watching. Stay safe. Wear a mask. Fuck Donald Trump. You got you got this, America. You got this. You're so close. You, vote you can blue. do it. Everybody already did. Everybody already did the voting part. Yeah. But good job if you did elect a blue person. Bye.